Welcome to season two of the Queer Soul Spotlight, a kind corner of the internet where you can leave your troubles at the door and bring your truest self to the table. I'm Jenny, creative photographer and collector of stories. Each week, I sit down with a queer guest and they share their story to celebrate that there are infinite ways to be queer. Whether you're queer yourself, ready to learn, or simply need a couple of friends for the next hour or so, I'm so grateful you're here. Welcome, Maisie. I'm so excited that we found each other through through Maddie. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I. I love Maddie. I met her through Me work, and I'm so happy I did. I'm so happy to be here. This is very exciting. First Hooray. podcast I've ever been on. Too. Oh my god! Congratulations. Yeah, so fun. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, and anyone that doesn't know, Maddie is a friend of mine uh, from Emerson, and then Maddie and Maisie met in LA, and they do cool film things, which we can talk about. Um, yeah, it's a small world. Basically, Maddie was like, I have a friend who needs to be on your podcast. And then she just introduced us. And here we are. It's very exciting. Yeah, she really, she just like out of nowhere. She didn't even say anything to me. All of a sudden, she pops up in a group chat and she's like, hey, here's Jenny. You guys have to meet. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's very Maddie. Like, it's we're not giving weird. context. We're not giving context at all. Just here. I tried to get her on this podcast. I was like, Maddie, you need to be on this podcast and she goes I'm straight and I was like what I know oh my god we call her the uh like our friends we call her the gayest straight person that we know right? actually like there's her. no way there's no way and she said she's tried she's tried very yes. hard to like be queer yes and she just can't do it which is such a shame oh my god I know I wish right. I I adore her I would love for her to be fully in the queer community but unfortunately it didn't work out that way for Christmas I actually got her a shirt that said I'm not gay but I'm very supportive (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah she definitely gives off like bi vibes yeah (laughs) which is great but you know we can't have them all it's fine hi Maddie (laughs) um so for people who don't know you um you can go ahead and introduce yourself and your pronouns and maybe uh, a few little labels that you identify with at this point in time, knowing that things can change over time. Yeah, so my name is Maisie Foth, and I my pronouns are she, her, and I am a lesbian. And congratulations. I, thank you, thank you. I, it, I always love a good congratulations with being lesbian. It's just women are wonderful. I yeah, right? Right. <laughs> That's, okay, again, this is this is really an episode about Maddie, not you. Um, right. I said to Maddie, I was like, Maddie, but have you seen a girl? And she was like, yeah, I know. I just, I can't. And I was like, yeah. That's what I say to all straight people, like especially specifically straight women, where I'm like, but have you seen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From time to time, I'll just like randomly, like without context, I'll just be like, God, I love women. Right? It's they're just wonderful. <laughs> They're just wonderful. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Is that it? You're a lesbian, hooray? Anything yeah. else? Um, I feel like that's like the best lead in I want to do before we really dive in, you know, don't yeah. want to give too much away. No, I'm, I'm based in LA for Trade anybody secrets. who's wondering. Yeah. Yeah. For anyone who wants to stalk her in a very friendly, supportive way, she's yeah. in LA. Go find her. I'm in LA. <laughs> There's only there's not that many people in LA. I'm sure they could find you pretty easily. Oh, easily, definitely not that many gay women. One one stoplight town. Yep. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's real tiny. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, let's jump in. What do you What do you want to start with? You want to talk about like your your work, your creative 
things that you do or like your queer journey? Like we can kind of start wherever. What do you, is there a story you're dying to tell? Like what's Hmm. up? I guess I can, I feel, so I guess I can just, just kind of dive into my queer journey. I can do, I'm happy to share that. Yeah. So basically I, I personally feel like my journey did not really start until recently so, like, I will never forget when I was younger and I watched the movie uh, Batman and Robin with George Clooney and, like, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy was probably my gay awakening. I mean, I remember just being obsessed with her. and like This, this is neat. This, this she's, just, she's just neat. She's, this, is, this is exciting, <laughs> I, I, I think. I just – I loved her and I was just like, I mean – I'm very attracted to her. And so I think I just kind of always knew that I was attracted to women, but I also dated men while I was like growing up, you know, just testing all the different waters and everybody makes mistakes. Right. If we all make mistakes, I don't like to get into it too much. No, me either. (laughs) But it was like a whole, it was, that was definitely like looking back on it. I can view, I view that as my journey, like dating these men and then dating women and like deciding like, okay, this is what I am. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this is who I love. And I just kind of remember, it was actually like around the time I moved out to LA which was in June of 2022 that I really was like, okay, yeah, no, I definitely just only want women without a doubt. I am very lesbian. So (laughs) I, I always knew that, you know, I was attracted to women, but I had to go through the journey of figuring out who it was. And I just, you know, I remember like very quickly, like losing any feeling for a guy that I was dating. I just never really was like fully into it. Yeah. Then when I was like surrounded by gay women and I was just, yes. <laughs> just, <laughs> I where just where are that. you from? Like, where were you before LA? Wisconsin. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gay capital of the United States. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's like, what did that affect, you know, maybe the, the rate at which you came out to yourself or publicly, like just being in Wisconsin and I don't know, like, there's, like, cheese there, I think. (laughs) Yes, there's lots of cheese and cows. (laughs) Um, I would say in a way it did, not exactly in a negative way, but just in the sense where there were not, I mean, the gay community was very small in my town, and... It's just Trixie Mattel. I mean, there's no one else. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah, there just, there was not that, there wasn't that many, like, gay women specifically definitely so I feel like that kind of like like slowed it down a little bit because you know then I never like I never met like gay women to like explore my sexuality with or anything Mm -hmm. and so that was harder for me to figure out where like you know there were men everywhere unfortunately I know I hate that I hate that (laughs) literally like Show yeah. up everywhere. <laughs> it's just lack of opportunity and, and yeah. not even like, you know, I'm looking for a gay woman to sleep with, but also just like representation in your immediate community. Yeah. Where like, even if you're not actively trying to like go find someone to hook up with, just like having that representation and being like, that's a thing I could do. It was, yeah, lack of just people there. And so when I moved to LA, all of a sudden there were many people there. Literally everywhere. Literally everywhere. 
Yeah, so in LA, there's there's so many a wild variety of queer yeah. people. It's and a huge, amazing community. Absolutely. Yeah. So I I moved here in June, and in it was around the end of September. I had like officially like really made good friends. Like me and Maddie like instantly became best friends. And that really like set in, in like the end of September and we started hanging out. And um, with some of our other friends, we, or at least specifically me, Maddie didn't come out with us as much, but um, I, they started bringing me to like gay clubs and stuff and down in West Hollywood. And everything I just remember everything really changed for me then in terms of like being being gay in the sense of how much I wanted to express it like to me being gay had never really been that much of like a thing like I think a lot of people you know like they are um you know they are very out with it you know rainbow everything pride it's everywhere and for me it was that just never really was a thing for me it wasn't like I was like like ashamed or closeted or like nervous or anything it was just kind of like I think again because of like the lack of a queer community in Wisconsin it just never felt like something that I would like that I felt that I wanted to like shout out about it was just kind of normal to me sure so um well, not normal. I don't like that word. No, but like it was quieter. Like it's just part yeah. of who you are and we don't need to make posters about it. Which yeah. it, it, you're much more likely to do so if someone else is doing it with you. Like yes. literally like, you know, it's, it's, oh, in a weird twisty way, kind of like mob mentality almost where like yeah. you feel so much safer expressing something in this case your queerness when everyone around you is also doing it because there's this level of uh familiarity and safety because you're in a giant group yeah but this time it's queerness and which is a good thing because mob yeah. mentality can be scary sometimes but yeah. this is a great one yeah, yeah so if it's just you know you alone in wisconsin going i'm gay like versus you in a gay club with a thousand gay people going, we're gay. Like that seems yeah. more fun and more likely. Yeah. It's I. that's literally exactly it. Cause then all of a sudden I was with all these people who were just so gay. And I was like, <laughs> I, I love this. And all of a sudden I, I have all this rainbow stuff now. And my mom sends me all this rainbow stuff and Aww. it's, it's just, um, it's, Ally. it's, yeah. Right. It's just been, it's been amazing with all of them. And I, one of the biggest things, one of the, like the main things that like I like to say is being gay in LA just hits different. Yeah. Like it's very, when you go from Wisconsin to here, it's, it's such a culture change in the queer community. Definitely. And it's, it's amazing to see, cause it's not like I had issues in Wisconsin or anything or within my family, but it's still because of that mob mentality of pride. It's, just so different but it's such a beautiful thing to see yeah and it's you know like and I I see this a lot with you know young people that I talk to who are in high school and stuff like they're like you know no one comes out anymore Jenny and I'm like what and they're like yeah we just don't like you just start dating people yeah that's what like, it's like for me yeah what like you're queer until proven otherwise like people are just like yeah you like people and, yeah. and the fact that even just, you know, I'm my, Jesus Christ, my 10-year high school reunion is this year. <laughs> Very old. Um, 
like in just that span of time, things have changed so, so, so much mm-hmm. for queer youth in, I mean, like I'm in California, in the yeah. California area, um, specifically around big cities. Obviously, if you get inland, it gets scary very quickly. <laughs> um, but like I'm in the San Francisco area and like you're in LA, it's completely changed where like it's not something you need to announce. It's just assumed and it's yeah. not like... I don't need to go, oh, yes, this is so-and-so, my bisexual friend. Like, you can just, if you like someone, tell them. And then if they're like, yeah. nah, then they're like, nah, or whatever. Like, and I love that. I think that's wonderful. And that's yeah. how important, you know, surrounding yourself with a community that is the same and supports you, like, as you. It's really, really, really powerful. Yeah, it really is. It's the effect that it has on you in just like like being able to express yourself in ways that you wouldn't have before without this without a community or mm-hmm. like this massive unexpected support system is just it's amazing to think about i mean the person that i was in june when i moved here is completely different than the person that I am now in the best. We don't know her. <laughs> right. We don't know her. I really, I like to think, I love to think of it as like, I didn't exactly change who I was, but I added on. Cause in Wisconsin, I was, I was never like this big, like I didn't really go out much. I was super crafty, stayed in all the time. And now it's like, I love going out with my friends to all these different queer events I mean, there are so many, so many fun parties that are for the queer community. Like I've been to one called Cinema Disco, which is, it was a a queer party that had like flash tats and tarot readings and tooth gems. so fun. It was so fun. And then they played Beetlejuice. And it was was such a blast. Or, you know, like uh, queer Halloween parties. Oh, the best. Yeah, or just New Year's parties. They're just... There's so many opportunities out here to just completely, completely drown yourself in a queer community. Yeah. And it's so fun to see who is working so hard to make sure that the queer community has those spaces to be able to celebrate that. Yeah. And also not just celebrate, but not have to do the extra work of constantly assessing your safety and comfort level of like, mm-hmm. like you go to a, a straight bar which I guess is just a bar like you know you're going okay are we gonna hold hands are we gonna you know are we gonna kiss at all like you're and not even in a bar setting at all anywhere on the street Mm -hmm. like in public you're constantly aware of who's around and what might happen and how you might be perceived and when you're in exclusively queer spaces you don't have to do any of that extra labor and you can just like do whatever it is that you would want to do yeah literally no one bats an eye because they're all doing the same shit right it's it's just it's complete acceptance like there's nothing you have to like like worry about or like kind of like second guess or anything like which um, is straight privilege like what straight people can just go wherever and hold hands and do whatever and we get to do that in queer spaces yeah and it's I I love seeing the freedom of the queer community in queer spaces, just like oh completely unbothered. I mean, 
it's it's so fun because there's this there's this one club that we go to in West Hollywood called uh, the Abbey, which I'm sure plenty of people know about it. And on Wednesday nights, they have it specifically for ladies nights. So it's like for like queer women. And it is so much fun to have that because then like because that is definitely something that is lacking. Yes. Um like events that are targeted for queer women, which I, I've seen so much out here, especially being down in West Hollywood and at all the gay bars. It's just, it's very lacking in that kind of space. And so um, when we have those kinds of nights like Vanity or there are these events called Taste that are for queer women, it is just so fun to be specifically like in that kind of environment where it's just targeted for like like women and it's it it is very different just literally being around women because I feel sure. like that is so limited that we there's have a lot of nights that are just for women yeah and there's also a lot of gatekeeping within the queer community mm-hmm. of like you know you go to a gay bar it's it's gay men yeah it's yep. gay men. Like, yep. and you go, okay, well, then I'll just go to a lesbian bar and there's like five yeah. in America. Like, <laughs> there's five total. Not, not um, in LA. In no, America. not in LA. Yeah, in America. Um, and, and that's why it's so important to have, you know, nights specific to that because there's a yeah. lot of, or even within, gosh, even within like the niche of gay men, there's also gatekeeping of like, okay, are we like, there's a lot of, I see it here. Like we have a, we have a gay club in San Jose and like, it's very like, you need to be white. You need to be skinny. You need to be femme. And like, okay. So then where does everyone else go? Um, And like the few times we've been like, we get looked at really weird. Like they're like, why are these little girls here? Really? Yeah. And, and also it was the added thing of like, we were going specifically for drag events and also we look very young yeah. and I think they thought we were like, I mean, obviously not high school, but like little college straight girls who decided to be into RuPaul's Drag Race or something. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so we felt very like, we need to dyke up if you will. Like we're wearing our, you know, we're wearing docks, we're wearing flannels, yeah. like trying to like prove that we could be in that space and occupy that space. And we still didn't feel very welcome. Um, yeah. So the different, different community events are very important for different yeah. areas it's, of the community. Yeah. Especially because like really going on to like the whole, you know, like, like view, being viewed as like a, like a little straight woman thing. Like I definitely, that's, that is actually something that like I worry about because I am, I am femme and I, I've been told before that like people didn't know that I was gay when I, when they met me and my immediate thought is like, okay, well, how am I supposed to meet girls if nobody thinks that I am gay? And so I will like wear things like I will wear docks or I'll wear a flannel or I'll wear like a pantsuit for something fancy. So people will be like, mm, maybe, you maybe. This is, I'm gay. Yeah. I, I wear rainbow necklaces. This is my little rainbow necklace here. Yeah. Like just like, Hey, I do, I do like, I like How chips. Flag. So, like, yeah. Yeah. And so that's definitely something that like, like I, I will dike up so that people will hopefully pick up on the hint or something. Yeah. Which is so silly. Cause you shouldn't need to. I but know. I know. It it's is the, the fact. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's literally just because of like how I dress and how I present myself. That's why I love these events that are specifically for women. Cause it's like, you basically, you gotta be a gay girl to go to these. Yeah. Like you're not, some random straight lady is not going to show up and be like, hello, I am at the club. Like, right, right. Like, or like, you know, I wouldn't, I, I mean, I've even thought this before, admittedly, like you see like women with a group of either like men and women or like men at a gay club. And you're like, I feel like they are probably straight if they're with them. Like, yeah, unfortunately, because of how they present, like, that's just like how it is. And so it's like, I fall, I fall, like, feel like I fall right into that with my style with it. And so I just feel like that's a very interesting concept. And that's also a thing that happens though, where like, it's the straight girl bachelorette party at a gay bar. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's you know, literally like exactly it. And the reason that we have to, like, it would be so much easier to just assume that anyone in a gay bar is going to be queer of some sort. Yeah. But, like, the fact that people who are straight use queer spaces as entertainment mm-hmm. is why this exists, why you're looking yeah. at femme women in a gay bar and being like, is that even a gay yeah, is, is that a gay? <laughs> or like looking at yourself and going, is that even a gay? Like I need to prove it to them, which is be- because straight people use queer spaces as entertainment. And yeah, it's like, oh, let's go to gay Disneyland. Like let's be amongst the gays for a while. It's so fun and I, sassy. I was just talking to my friend about going to Disneyland. Like I really want to go. And she's like, let's go during gay days. And I'm like, can't we go like any like can we go you know gay people can go to disney all year round no you can't actually you can only go on did you know yeah we went we went in october we were one weekend off from gay days and they wouldn't even let us in (laughs) they checked your gay card and they were like sorry oh sorry you're engaged to each other no you're a week late sorry (laughs) mickey doesn't want to fucking see you (laughs) he does not like gay people during the off season no, no, no. Yeah, it's like you can just go whenever. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, but I would love to go during a gay day. Also, I, I just like whenever we go, whenever you see, especially lesbian couples, but also gay couples, like we grip each other's hands and we're like staring at them, like hi, hi, hi. There's another me, gay. Me gay. Me gay. Also, me. I we we're gay too. Um, we're in the wild, trying to do like a bat signal or some shit, just being like yeah, right? us in the corner. Yeah. Um, that was cringy. I'm so sorry. I did that. I um, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know that you said besides uh, the Uma Thurman thing. Is there any like things from your childhood that you remember that looking back you're like, oh, gay. I. I feel like it's more so activities I did where looking sure. back, I can like see it. So like my, my parents own a cabin in Northern Wisconsin, uh, Northern like Wisconsin. And like, I would always help out with like the work and stuff up there. And so like my dad would always get like these big, like, like trees and then he would chop them up for firewood. And so he would cut them into logs and then I would split those logs. And so they started calling me Lumber Lady. And then I got a blaze orange jacket that said Lumber Lady on the back. And I got like Timberland work boots. That's pretty good. And then at one point I got Carhartt overalls for the winter. And looking back on it, oh, and my first car was a truck. So not to, not to, you know, really stick to the stereotype, but now that I look back on it, I'm like, 
She was definitely lesbian. There that's, was no need to explore men. No, that's a homosexual. Um, right. <laughs> that's so funny. Like, there's there's a reason stereotypes exist. <laughs> Some of us yeah. fit them. I, know. Um, I, I Sometimes I hate to, like, be, like, bring up a stereotype, especially when, like, talking about a person. But I'm just, but then it's, like, these are definitely, like, stereotypes that are there. Mm-hmm. And they're still, like, seen. Like, it's not, like, an old thing that's, like, borderline, like, homophobic now. Like, no. no. there's just, like, very much so fit Drag into. queens are there. Like, yeah. some gay men are drag queens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't like, assume all gay men are drag queens, but there are gay men that are drag queens. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I me, feel you. Me and my dad, um, we all, I love to make gay jokes. And so my dad and I will always make gay jokes. And he's, like... He said to me, actually, well, I was just home for Christmas, and he was like, "For Christmas, I'm ge- I'm getting you um, a pickup truck and work boots for Christmas." It was like a stereotype joke. I'm like, "Listen, you literally got me that years ago. You made me into the lesbian that I am today." Yeah, it's his fault. Yep, it's all his fault. Mm-hmm. Don't <laughs> buy your I- daughter a truck, gentlemen. <laughs> Make her gay. You'll be a lesbian. Yeah. Yeah, and so I just, like, I look back on that now, and I'm like, even though I, I am uh, mostly femme, I, I like to think I can be, like, kind of, like, fluid in my style and stuff, yeah. but I am definitely mostly femme. I, I look at that, and I'm like, that was, like, super gay of me. Mm-hmm. Like, that whole, I fit right into that stereotype. Yeah. No, our, um, I'm planning my wedding right now. Um, our coordinators who are, amazing um really really incredible uh events by gs anyone in the area (laughs) um they are a lesbian couple and they are so stereotypical in the best way it's like a short king butch and like very very elegant femme and uh luciana who is the butch one does contracts numbers like budget like we're contacting vendors we're figuring out the like nitty-gritty like operational details and then masumi does color palette florals decor calligraphy (laughs) and it's so magical how it works so well for them yeah i i just think it's funny because it's like that's the exact like that those are the two kinds yeah it's perfect i stereotypes are like very interesting especially within the lesbian community specifically one that I love that really I because I really just started learning about like different stereotypes and stuff when I moved out here because now I'm seeing it like a big one is like U-Haul lesbians Maddie actually Maddie shout out to Maddie we love her obviously this episode I'm not even gonna put your name on this episode it's just gonna say like season two episode 11 Maddie Garberkin she she got me a shirt for Christmas that said every time a lesbian gets a ring a U-Haul gets its wings (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I just I love that stereotype because I just see it so much now Mm-hmm. like women fall so fast for other women especially when they like they're like I'm not you know I'm not really looking for a relationship or anything like oh my women. god this just became a roast of me oh man <laughs> no, was this you was yeah, this you I literally went I got home? I got fucking peer pressured by my friends three months before I graduated from Emerson and moved back to California to get her which is like a queer social dating yes. app whatever yeah. and 
I was absolutely not looking to start anything because I was about to move 3,000 miles away. Mm-hmm. And you're like, just like use it to find friends. Cause like you can do it sort of like Bumble BFF if you want. Yeah. Um, and my fiance was the second person I talked to. And the first time we met in person, I was like, well, gonna marry that one. So <laughs> I'll take that one. <laughs> yeah. And then I was done. And if it wasn't for the fact that I had to move back and she had another year of college, like, mm-hmm. To be fair, I would have felt completely comfortable moving in with her the first day I met her. You haul. <laughs> and now we live together. But yeah. like I totally get it. And again, yeah. I was not I was very open. I was like, I am only looking for friends. And she was like, cool, be my girlfriend. And I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> We're I in love. love I love a love story, especially when it's with women. Like, so I'm a I'm a writer, a screenwriter specifically. And I just love writing gay shit. I really it's love so it. Good. It is so good. Like, especially I love horror and I love fantasy. So you stick some gay women into that and it's just, it's amazing. It, I always say this to people, especially like, like I was a musical theater major, <laughs> insert eye roll. Um, <laughs> like name, I have so many ideas for musicals that like you gender bend it. So it's lesbians. Like, I would love to see, because everyone fucking does Into the Woods, and we should just stop. Um, okay. It's a very good show. Just We've all seen it already. Yep. Um, I think it would be so cool to see an Into the Woods with a baker and his wife are both women, and that's why they can't get pregnant. And that's yeah. why they need a magical pregnancy. Like, yeah. na- I can't name anything that wouldn't be made better by making it be lesbians. I'll wait. Everything. Everything be could be made better with lesbians. Yeah. Women, once again, bringing it back to the beginning, women are wonderful. Yeah. They're just so wonderful. And, like, so much, I also think this, like, whenever I see, whenever I consume any sort of media, like, TV, film, musicals, whatever, like, I always think to myself, could the central plot of this have been avoided if people just had healthy communication skills and went to one therapy appointment? Oh my God. I know. I, I'm so (laughs) big on communication. Like if you get mad at me or like, there's like something like, like a little bit off between us or something. Let's just fucking tell me. Don't you dare like shut down. Like what's that going to do? It's not going to do anything. We're going to sweat, like sit. You know what you did, Maisie. You know what you did. It's like, bitch, I don't, I have (laughs) no fucking clue. Please tell me. Like, I need I need you to be able to work it out with me and talk through it. Like if you need a moment to sit with it, whatever, go ahead. But just say, hey, I need a minute to sit with it and then we're gonna circle back. This is why we need male characters in media. Because if we were if all the characters in media were just queer women with healthy attachment styles, (laughs) there would be no media because there would be no interesting plots. We would just all No, it would just be, like, a live cam of women healthily talking about their feelings and, like, doing crafts. Yeah, Yeah. which is, like, me. (laughs) Yeah, which is, that's why we need male characters, because we just need actual plots. Yeah, unfortunately, the men bring in the drama. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but I, uh, I do love, I love a good love story, especially when it's two women just falling so fast for each other, and so unexpected, because, like, I am in such a... Like right now when I moved to LA, you know, I, I have, I don't really have any intentions when it comes to women in the sense where I'm not pushing for like a relationship or <clears throat> like just a hookup or anything. Like I am just 
doing what I want to do and seeing what happens. I love that. And it's it's been amazing so far. Some unexpected things, some unexpected women and in feelings and adventures. And Beautiful. it's just I've loved every minute of it because I, you know, I went into it without pushing for anything. And I think that was really important for me, especially coming from a place of like almost like a new self-discovery being out here. Yeah. I think that's also like a wise way to go about life in general. Like you can have vague plans of like, I'm going to see what happens. Here's my vague end goal. But if you walk into something with like, here's exactly what's going to happen and here's how it's going to end, especially if it involves other people in any way who you really can't control. Yeah. (laughs) Like, You're just going to be disappointed and keep trying to like shove a square peg in a round hole. Like that's not how it works. So I love that you're doing that. I love that you're just like, I'm doing a little side quest. I'm in a simulation. (laughs) Like let me just hang out. We're on a tiny rock in space. Like just have a nice time. Yeah. And it's, I love, I've just loved seeing what and like who has come from that. Yeah. Because there have been things that I am consistently like, this is, this has totally, this woman has thrown me like for a loop or. Oh, I thought you were going to say a woman threw you, which I would be I like, was, yeah, okay, cool. I mean, that, that has happened. Nice. With, yeah. It's, it was amazing. Cool. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's just so fun to see what happens when you're not pushing for something or like looking for something specific, because then you become very open. Like, like I don't really have a type that I've seen so far and I think I, I just love that because I can like, I feel like I can explore so much and then explore things that are very unexpected, like explore yeah. people that are unexpected. Totally. I mean, when you have no set expectation again, like it's yeah. when you open yourself up to whatever the universe is going to throw at you, it's, you can be, you end up being open to things that you didn't even know were things. Yeah. Because as a little human being with a little human pea brain, like you can't even (laughs) fathom all the options out there, not even just like specifically for dating, but like literally at all ever. And so if you just go into it, just being like, some stuff's going to happen, then you open yourself up to really amazing possibilities that weren't ever on your radar in the first place. That's really inspiring. I love that you're doing that. Yeah, it's been it's it's kind of scary in a way too because I sure. I personally from some from some stuff a long time ago I I'm genuinely scared of like deep, having a deep feeling for a person totally and so I have been on this kind of like little side journey with it with working to make myself be okay with being more vulnerable being and vulnerable like, is scary yeah, as fuck yeah and like putting myself out there and like being ready to like like put myself in a situation where I might feel heartbreak and that is terrifying, especially as you get more into something where that, that can happen. You're just, it's like inching closer towards what is like, like I feel scared for like a doomed ending, but it's like, I just, I need to do it because right now I am just so happy and I don't want to end it just because like, I, like, I don't want to end something because I'm scared. Cause it might go bad. Cause what if it doesn't? I, I retrained my brain and it's an ongoing practice of Mm -hmm. like, I love to think about all the different ways that something could go wrong, especially the very improbable ones. Like what if I went to the grocery store and the whole building imploded? I need to emotionally prepare for that just in case. Um, And that is totally how it works with relationships too, where Mm -hmm. you're like, I 
you have this gut instinct to protect yourself, especially if you've been through like crazy, insane heartbreak or trust issues in the past. And just being able to test that water and be like, look, like if there's no risk, there's no reward. And when you catch yourself having the thoughts of like, well, it's not going to work out anyway, so I might as well end it. Yeah. What if it does? What if it does work out? And that can be equally scary. Like, oh, without a doubt, it's terrifying. <laughs> like, you know, Allie and I immediately went into a year and a half of long distance, and I was like, that's stupid. We should break up. Like, I just met this girl. And yeah. I did. I broke up with her. I was like, we're done. Like, I can't do it. And and then I realized I would rather go through with it and be have the possibility of being absolutely obliterated by it not working out than to never know if it might have been amazing. Absolutely. That's exactly and, what I've been pushing myself with, which I've been, I've been very good with it. It took a lot. It took a lot for me to be able to get to a point where I was able to keep pushing through and like, you know, practice. You can't, you don't achieve it and be like, I can do it now. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm only 21 right now, which I oftentimes, I know I oftentimes honestly forget it because like, like I only went to two years of school to get my associate's degree, then moved out to LA to, um, start working in the industry. And like, I had a job right away and everybody around me is like, at least like 24 or older. Um, and my, like two people that I'm always with here are 25 and 26. And so I kind of like, I'm, I've, I've started to view myself as like a baby with it all too. It's like, I'm talking about time. I know it's like I'm talking about trying to be more vulnerable and stuff and it's like I'm literally 21 right now and I'm already like Maisie open up your feelings it's okay it's okay but it's also like I want to do this now so that in the future I can continue to have these adventures whether it's a continuous one with one person or multiple adventures with multiple people but it's like it's something that I feel like I have to do especially for creativity yes it's it opening up your vulnerability is so big for that, especially for being a writer. Like I've never really been into poetry and all of a sudden the last few months I've been writing so much poetry. And I think it's because I'm opening myself up more and I'm exposing more of that feeling to myself. I love that. Yeah. And when I moved here too, I had struggled with my own screenwriting because like I was like, I left everybody in Wisconsin. I moved out here alone and so I was feeling very lonely and it wasn't, it wasn't easy. And I think I kind of like shut down, <clears throat> shut down a little part of myself that made like my writing more difficult. And once I stopped, once I like opened that back up again and slowly started to open it even more than it was before I moved here, I just started to discover so much more feeling inside myself that I had never thought I could feel. And I, I sit, and I think it's all because I worked to do that vulnerability yeah. opening for myself. Totally. And so, I mean, you're, you're doing shit that some people never get to do. Like you're doing shit that most people don't even touch until they're middle-aged and they're like, ah, yeah. I should probably do some therapy. Yeah. Like it's, and I, I've seen this as a trend where like the millennial Gen Z, like cuspers down into Gen Z, like mm-hmm. are starting early and earlier looking very objectively at 
what in your environment forms the way that you think and relate to yourself and other people. And then consciously, and again, objectively going in and going, okay, like how can I undo some things and rework some things and rewire some things so that I can be a more open person, a more vulnerable, vulnerable person, a kinder person to myself and to others. And I, I love that that's happening. I think that's awesome. And you're completely like you're living evidence of how amazing that can be. Even, I mean, you haven't even been there a year. You haven't even been there a year and you're a completely different person. It's insane just how much I have changed and, and how people can see that I've changed as well. Like, um, my roommates, like, like, they're like, we love to see everything that you're doing and everything that like you're becoming. And like, my family is seeing it now too. And they're like, this is like something like we've always wanted for you. Like, you know, we loved having you here. And we loved that, you know, you loved your like, your life here, you know, even though it was very relaxed, but to see you having such amazing friends and just such an amazing time out there is just like, it's great for us to see. So it was so great hearing that and being like, okay, so this change that everybody is seeing, they feel the same way that I feel about it. And And that's on making sure that there aren't any toxic people in your life. Like really only making room for people that are going to unconditionally cheer you on, even if it's pushing you away from them so that you can do what you need to be doing. Yeah. And that's so big to me is avoiding all toxicity in my life because I have, you know, I have so much to figure out for myself and so much that I want to do and experience. And it's like, I want to make sure that it's the most positive journey that it can be. Yeah. And so if, you know, if don't waste your time, right. If you become something toxic for me, I don't want to deal with you, you know, like, sorry, but this is, this isn't going to work. We have so so little time in general. Like I don't, have time to waste on somebody that's going to take away from the work that I'm doing with myself and with people that are going to be like, this is amazing. You're doing this work and it's so awesome to see. Like if you, it's okay. If you don't like me, don't like me far away from me. Goodbye. (laughs) Right. It's, it's, I, I always say, especially since I moved out here, a big thing that like I kind of go by is you can waste my money, but you can't waste my time. Yeah. So like, cause I view my time as so valuable, especially cause like I constantly am working. I work weekends. I I'll work so long with like maybe just like two days off here and there. And it's in between working and my own work. I, you know, I smash my social life into there somehow. Like I have people like that I work with that will be like, how do you like, how do you do it? How do you go out so much and you do all these things, but like, you're also like working all the time. It's like, I like, ride on sleep that I should not I should be getting a lot more sleep than I am <laughs> also I'm 21 I feel like that definitely plays a factor in it my yeah in a few years like you're you'll right now. it'll be different yeah. yeah so I'm gonna I'm embracing that while I have it yeah and it's just my social life like saved me like I remember a time when I it was it was a very dark time when I first moved out here in the end of September and I went out one night before I had um, a show that I was filming the next day. I would have to be in the office around uh, 5.30 for my show. And I went out. Yep. And I went out with uh, Maddie and our friend Chris. And it was the first time the three of us ever hung out. And um, I owe everything to that night. 
in to these people because that's when everything started for me. That's when like the change happened was the first time I went out with them. We went like bar hopping and I was at Maddie's until I think almost, I think I was there till like midnight and I went home and I showered and I got like three hours of sleep. And then I went in and I filmed a show and I crushed it. And I was like, I can do this. And immediately I, that's when like, like Maddie became my best friend was like, when we started hanging out, you know, everything changed for them and from that moment with them. And I am forever grateful for the place that that brought me out of. Yeah. And that's super profound. Yeah. And especially like seeing what these people have become to me too. I mean, Maddie is my, she's like a sister to me. And um, Chris has become such a good friend that she like really threw me into the gay community. She just brought me like everywhere to all these different events and um, showed me like all of these like queer spaces and like um, that night really was like opened the door for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of what, that's kind of what really like started me on like this prideful journey that LA brought on to me. And I just, I am like always grateful for that night because that really started it. And now it's like, I don't, I honestly don't really care how little sleep I get right now because these, like the, all of these things that I do play so much into the happiness that I have here. Like I certainly don't have time for other shit. Yeah. Like you have so much goodness. Yeah. I don't, I don't regret anything that I do because it's just, I am surrounded by amazing, positive people and these positive events and, and it's just so much fun. And so I, I was actually told by one of my bosses at work, she was just like, she's like, I just want to say too, that I, cause she follows me on Instagram. She's like, I love seeing everything that you're doing because I remember when I was a PA, so I'm a producer's assistant. She's like, I remember when I was a PA, like I never pushed myself to take the opportunity to go out like you do. And I just love seeing that you do. And so I, I just kind of realized like how, how good how good it is that I push myself to go out despite how sometimes draining it can be sure because just making sure that you prioritize your happiness has become so very clearly helpful to me especially being in the constant like working and like busy environment that I am in these moments surrounded by positive people and positive things have become so important yeah that's beautiful. I mean, I'm not even going to ask you what advice you would give because that there it is. <laughs> it's that. It's there it that. is. Oh my yeah. gosh. Are you ready for rapid fire? That was awesome. Let's do rapid fire. All right. Um, what is your favorite podcast at the moment aside from this one? Obviously. Obviously. Um, that's I, your first choice. I always love listening to Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop podcast. Uh huh. Has the most interesting people on there. I love that one. Goop. <laughs> um what is your go-to comfort food right now chocolate I love chocolate Reese's cups chocolate kisses Hershey bars lint chocolate bars milk of chocolate bars Linda and excellent. pasta and what and pasta Ooh, how do you like your pasta oh I love spaghetti I love spaghetti or if like it's just what? like a, it's literally I will well, my favorite food of all time is my mom's spaghetti and meatballs she has a really good meatball recipe that she got from the Sur- Sopranos cookbook and, <laughs> and it's amazing so she was actually out here in September and she made me a bunch of meatballs and then froze them 
So yeah. I will cut the meatballs and I will just use like spaghetti sauce from a can yeah. and or like a jar. And then I will boil noodles and then I can have my favorite spaghetti meatballs. That's so, so awesome. Yeah. Before Allie's mom moved out here, um, yeah, every time she would visit, Allie would be like, make me these five things, put them oh in the freezer. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's me anytime I go home. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. What is your favorite thing about yourself right now? And if you think of something physical, you have to say it. Oh, it doesn't um, have to be. But if you think of something physical, you are legally obligated to tell me what it is. I'll do I'll do two. I love Please. my lips. Yeah? <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I, I've always loved them because they're naturally a little bit bigger. And I've yeah. been told by... By multiple people that I'm a great kisser, so I take great pride in that. You got you got the five star Yelp reviews. Yep, I've got a whole lip care routine. I'm talking oh scrubs God. and lip masks and lip oils, all of it. And Amazing! So, I love that then, for you. Okay, and then what's the second the, thing, uh, my mindset. Easily, my mental mindset right now. I am just very, very happy with it. I'm in such a great place. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Um, and then where can people find you if we want to follow you in your beautiful, amazing adventures? How can we find you? All of my handles are just my name, Maisie Foth. So everybody can find me there. Mm-hmm. I'll be putting links in the show notes so everyone great, can great. stalk the crap out of you in a very friendly, supportive way. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's all of my handles. You can just find me with that. And then can I plug a project I'm working Please. on? Please. That was the last yes. one is like, is there anything you want to shout out? What are you doing or yes. any sort of mutual aid as well? You can do whatever you want. So currently I'm a part of a team that is developing a podcast called Lesbianist. And it is myself and another Gen Z lesbian and then a baby boomer ally. And Basically, we just talk with guests to learn more about the queer community, both like a, like back then and now. Mm-hmm. And we just work to make a safe space for the queer community. And we want to work to make things more comfortable for them. And so that is, a, that is something we are currently working on. And it is going to be being released very soon. So you can keep an eye out on my Instagram and you can see my uh fellow co-hosts Chris and Crystal and just keep an eye out for when that's going to be coming out which is going to be soon yay if you need any guests let me know oh my god we'd love to have you Jenny Ah, no I'm dead serious I would love to do that absolutely one podcast for another please that's that's honestly been a common thing where I'm just like you be on mine (laughs) I'll be on yours (laughs) amazing anything else that that's all I have. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. This was super fun. I'm glad we're friends now. Oh, it's been great. I can't, I want you to, t- I want you, I want to do a photography session with you too. Really Please. bad. I, I have a magical idea of like coming to LA for a long weekend and just like doing a ton of things. Cause I have so many yes. friends in LA. We'll make it it's, happen. Let's do it. Amazing. Yeah. Yay. Thank you for being here. Say bye to everybody. Bye, bye. everybody. Bye.